Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the WMind podcast. This week I have Becca Basic on. That's what her and her husband go by, but it's actually pronounced Bashik. Um, so yeah, you'll hear her pronounce it in the episode. I might have even pronounced it incorrectly. Um, Becca is an amazing painter and she is getting into photography, which is amazing because she has a really good eye for things like that. And that's a must in photography, actually, if you didn't know. I'm sure you did. Um, uh, also, she runs the Marketing Your Creative Business blog, which is an amazingly educational blog about marketing your creative business. So it was a lot of fun having her on, talking about different tips for marketing and things that a lot of us don't think about as artists because artists are really, really bad business people for the most part. We just want to create art. We just want to, you know, move some dirt around as us oil painters like to call it or just throw some paint on the canvas and call it a day. But I I forget the statistic. It's like at least 60% of being a full-time artist is the business side of it. So you have to set aside 40% for painting and we all want to set aside 100% for painting of course so it's really important to have people like becca out there to kind of let us see things we might not have realized or thought about so it was a good talk having her on i think she was the perfect fit for this podcast and um given her most recent struggles you'll hear about that in the podcast as well um it was really cool of her to make time out of her day to do it so uh yeah I'm really pleased to have Becca on and bring her insight into the world of you guys. Um, so what else is going on? Uh, I'm painting again, so that's a good thing. Um, I, I recently had someone close to me say, you know, you should paint more. I'm like, you know what? You're right. So... I was like, fuck it, I'm going to paint more. And it's actually been pretty fucking good so far. So uh, what else is going on? Just, you know, school's still going good. I'm learning a lot and bringing it to this podcast so it sounds better and uh, all that fun stuff for you guys. Because who wants to listen to a shitty sounding podcast, you know? Um, what else? I I know I've been talking about announcements for the podcast. It's been really fucking hard to make everything work out exactly the way I want it to. So, but I haven't given up on what I have planned. It's still planned. It's still going to happen. I just have to logistically make everything work out. I um I made a list of guests this week. I mean this year. This being the first episode after my 1 year anniversary of starting this podcast. So, um I created a list. Um Becca was actually the last one I recorded before the anniversary. So technically she's the from the year before. Stupid. Whatever. Um. Anyway. 
Uh, yeah, like the list is like around 40 people. And I recorded, if you count Becca, I recorded 26 last year. So that would be one every two weeks. This one, this year, 36. That's like one every one and a half weeks. So we'll see what happens. I would like to do one every week. We'll see how that works out. Like I said, I have a lot of scheduling conflicts to deal with being in school Monday through Thursday and working pretty much during the day and sometimes on the weekends when it's easier for people I have to work so I have to like do a lot of these via Skype or Facebook Messenger so that helps but still like it it can be hard to schedule these things so but yeah everything is going fine with the podcast it's just scheduling issues i actually have two more after becca's episode recorded so um i have one with lou from uncle lou's entertainment hall on mills and i just recorded one this past friday at favo with the milk carton superstars guy and jim from that band they're a really cool fun like I don't know what how you would describe their music. We talk about it a little bit, but it was a fucking fun conversation. So I can't wait to release that one. The one with Lou was super fun too, because he's a cool guy and interesting dude. If you know him, um, you'll know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, I've been talking to you guys by myself for six and a half minutes. So I'm gonna get it, turn it over to uh, me and Becca. Because she's a lot more fun to listen to than I am by myself. So give it up for Becca Bashik. A tape of this quality deserves to be played in the most sophisticated system. How about you? Been busy, but good. Busy, but good. That's good. Yeah, I'm lining up um, a lot of shoots right now, and it's like, I'm ready to work. <laughs> I feel you. But feel my ya. ankle, you know, it's, uh, I'm in a brace, and we're working on getting me slowly out of it, but when I'm outside of the home, I need to be in it. Yeah. And um, there's some instability, and when you're doing photo shoots, you, depending, especially if you have a family, you got to move around, and you got to oh, move yeah, back. for sure. And, and um, you know, if I'm not on flat level cement kind of terrain it's it's a little risky so i'm giving myself a couple more weeks so i'm going to start to do it gotcha. so right now i'm able to walk on a treadmill like today it was 1.1 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> wow and, I, and at seven minutes i was about to die i'm like this is hurting so bad I bet. So it's a very um old man walk gotcha but, but i'm walking so it's good <laughs> <laughs> that is good. And this, this got put on yesterday. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I had a splint before, and um, I went to have a follow-up with my shoulder surgeon, and he works all the way to the tip of your fingers. But um, I told him um, when this happened, I was at the ankle surgeon. It was at Jewett. You know, Jewett sees everything. So mm. they're like, well, before you leave, we're going to x-ray your hand. And it was broken and oh, thumb. No. So, yeah, so they put that was a few weeks, four weeks ago. 
they put me in a splint, but I wasn't feeling confident about their plan of action. Gotcha. <laughs> like they told me to go ahead and take off the splint and go to therapy. I'm like, that is not healed. I, I'm, you know, registered dental hygienist. I understand a little bit about radiology. I'm right. looking at that. That's not right. So I went for my follow up to the surgeon with my shoulder. I'm like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I take a look at this while I'm here, and he's like, that needs to be in a cast. Oh wow. So like ten days, hopefully. You know, we're gonna take it off and take a look at ten days, but he wants it to heal some more before I'm whipping around in therapy. Oh yeah. <laughs> but so far I've been taking photos with the splint on. I have to flip my arm around a little bit, but oh. it's it slows me down. So but I'm dying to work. I, I'm I ready. can imagine, man. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I was out of work a lot last year. Yeah. Just me because too. and I was like going crazy you know yeah not having I'm money is one thing but like your mental state too like yeah whoa yeah i told my husband i'm at the point now where i, I need to start making like a regular schedule for myself to to work on the facebook group and all the other right. things i do because i'm kind of revolving around therapy right now versus me making a schedule making therapy revolve around that right and I'm, i need to really do that Gotcha. So I can get some things done and, and have a routine because I miss that. I miss. Oh yeah. I miss routine. I don't. I think it's good for all of us to have at least some semblance of that most right. of the week. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. Like with this thing, I'm. I work in retail right now, so it's hard because schedules. Yeah. But, like the podcast, I try to do it on the same day. Yeah. But it's hard sometimes. I can't make that work. You know. Yeah, I think having a variable schedule is harder than having no schedule. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. Because you, you can't you can't plan anything. How do you say your last name? It's actually Boshich. It's if really? you want to if you want to if you write it down this way it'll be easy. It's B A H S H I C H. You see it written like that, people get it. But if I say it and they try to repeat it back, interesting. Yeah. yeah. My husband actually goes by basic, and his family does too, because it's just in it's impossible. Easier. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. So. When um when my family came over from Bavaria in like the 1700s, it was Wild Fang. And. You need to go back to that name. I know, right? And. Uh, <laughs> And what? That is. Why would you change that? Well, the people that so the like uh, record keepers they wrote down what they oh, heard, you know. So, yeah. And Say that's, that one more time. The connection was a little funny. Oh, I said the record keepers when when the people would get off the boat, they would write yeah. the people's names down. They wrote what they heard, and they yeah. heard Will Fong, so mm -hmm. that's what they got. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we got. <laughs> yeah. Wild my thing is a cool name. My maiden name um, is Williams. Yeah. And the easiest name that, you know. I remember you when you were Williams. <laughs> what's, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot easier. I, I had to really think long and hard about actually changing my name professionally because um, it's yeah. so difficult. Right. But I decided that whether people pronounce it right or wrong, they're not going to forget it. True. Williams true. is just Rebecca Williams is so common. You cannot get a website, right. a social media page with that name. It's gone. Um, and even with my name now, like I can't get my own name on Instagram. Whoa. Because you know the whole yeah basic joke. Um, there's a bunch of 14 year olds that have a lot of Becca basic or oh. you know. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. even those are taken. Wow. So it's kind of tough. Well, but I, well, that's that's a good segue into uh, talking about like how your name on your social media has a lot to do with like how well you market yourself and things yeah. like that. Like I changed mine to VHS artist because I feel like it's easy to remember. Number one, no one's going to remember Will Fong. Well, they'll remember it, but they won't know like how to spell it or anything. You know what I'm saying? And then I think you've got an easier task at that than I do, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then like it's descriptive too. You know, yeah. it's like that guy that did the VHS art. Well, yeah. you just type in VHS art, and then it just fills the rest in, and there I am. Yeah. You know, I I really believe nine times out of ten uh -huh. that you should use your own name if yeah. at all possible, just because you want people to know your work for you and to be able to connect with yeah. you. So sometimes when people pick these names that don't really have to do specifically with what they're doing, it can be tougher with their marketing. But if you're super niche down, yeah. you're saying VHS artist, that says right there what you do, what it, you know, uh, and so that, right. that's a, you know, a lot more targeted than someone that just picks out some random name that people can't exactly. remember or recognize. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that, and I'm like, I mean, unless you have like a, a like crazy following to begin with, I've seen yeah. that hurt people in the past. Yeah, you know, I'm actually struggling right now with my photography part of my business because um, I want to use my name and personally brand it, but I want to use Rocky Rebellion as the business name. And because I think that that right there set, you know, of course the tagline would have my name in it, so it's personally right. branded, but that just sets me apart from the bajillion other photographers that are out there. And plus my niche is completely different than what anybody else is doing. Um, but the problem is I don't just do photography. I gotcha, yeah. And I really want to scale a lot more largely into education down the road, because that's just what I'm really passionate about is helping other people have the freedom to have their own creative businesses too. And right. Um, so that's kind of where I'm stuck right now with, you know, how is that going to work with the education group? Mm -hmm. You know, do I name it similarly? Am I going to yeah. use my name? And, you know, because I want people to know me for me. Right, right. Not, you know, not be able to be like, not be in a situation where it's like, oh, yeah, well, there's this photographer. I don't know who it is, but they go by such and such. Right. That's a problem. Oh, so, yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. Uh, so you, you're... Focusing a lot on the education, the marketing, your creative business side right. of um, things. Do you have a background in education? I like, do not. You seem like you would, though. <laughs> you do, because... Well, you know what? I, I have a helper personality, and I uh -huh. think people that have those personality types, you will find them in uh, career positions that are like teaching or healthcare, and right. I pass through healthcare, too. Um, so I think that because of my personality type, you know, I just want to help people. Right. And that that's how I fell into it. But what happened was I started uh, creating art and it kind of fell in my lap. And I, I loved it so much that I decided that I want a career in creativity. Gotcha. So I knew immediately that I needed business education to do that. And when I started looking around, asking my peers, looking online, there wasn't much out there. Gotcha. And what was available was it was very little and oftentimes it wasn't even from other creatives. Mm -hmm. so I had a really hard time relating to the few educators that existed at the time because they just weren't coming from the same place. Right, right. So I literally started the Marking Your Creative Business Facebook group 
very short, within a few months of starting my art career oh, yeah. because I was so frustrated. And I didn't feel like anyone needed to struggle so hard to reach their dreams. Like right. I was not going to buy into the starving artist syndrome. I no. was not, you know, I thought it was a bunch of BS. I just felt like we just need the tools to do it. Yeah. Right. And and I, I was just so frustrated that I just what I literally did, it wasn't for any monetary, you know, any money reasons. It was literally a, a book, or excuse me, a group that was formed to help share what I was learning and my right. experience and telling people what worked for me or didn't work. Um, and it wasn't I mean, I literally <laughs> I, I put a post on Instagram the other day, like I admitted that I literally have never charged a dime for anything yeah. that I've done education wise until last year. I saw that for workshops. And I know it's ridiculous, <laughs> but but I just my heart is to share with people. Right. And again, it wasn't a you know monetization kind of thing. It was just I wanted I want people to have the tools to to reach their dreams period yeah me too there's and there's no reason that um we shouldn't be able to share like there's no reason to be competitive there's no reason to you know have this cutthroat situation that we see a lot of times in online groups it's, no there's not it's, there's no not reason for it no and there's a lot of it yeah that's the problem there's a lot of it yeah and with uh, pottery and clay and she was talking about how she can make a lot of functional work and it right. just sells like hotcakes at her shows. And she's able to to create the more gallery type pieces um, without a lot of pressure to sell because she's able to do so well with functional work. Yeah. Um, so I think when we have something that, for example, like you, you know, you and I are doing things that someone's gonna hang on a wall potentially. Yeah. Um, you know, that you've gotta make sure that the the person who's interested either is connecting with your art or you or both that's and right. especially with social media the way that it is now they have got to connect with you oh yeah it can't it can't just be the art anymore it can't just be the the photography that you create anymore right. it's, it's it's got to be you and that's why i really educate uh people in my facebook group yeah. so much for my clients on personal branding because again no one can replicate you right Right. You know, and if they if they can if you can develop a relationship with your audience over time, they're going to turn from followers into fans, and mm -hmm. they're going to be in love whatever you have to offer. Yeah, I, I I remember the first painting that I did that I kind of like was like I think this is like me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, and, yeah. And it was like it was like a an accident. <laughs> it really was. It was an accident. Like. I was that like, happens like that sometimes. It's always amazing, isn't it? I was it? like, oh, wait. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and then like it just was natural after that. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice. I haven't painted in a while because I've been busy with school and everything. But I want to start doing it again eventually. I'm yeah, just I focused on that. I think sometimes school. when we first start out we're you know focusing on learning techniques or yeah. we'll be inspired by someone else and, and and that inspiration might lean us towards a certain way in, in which we create but after a while you start you know understanding what you like and don't like and yeah. then all of a sudden it'll just come out of you yeah and that that's so amazing when that happens oh yeah i love that and that happened very quickly once i yeah. started doing that 
it's yep. funny how that works it's like <laughs> you spend so much time like trying to figure it out and then all of a sudden it works and it's like immediate and it just yeah. happens over and over and very fast it's yeah. cool i love it and, yeah. and that in itself almost makes it like better like makes oh, you feel better about it because it's like you get fired up you're like yeah oh crap i'm here i've arrived yeah. you know what i mean finally <laughs> i'm so yeah. you get fired up about that and it's like that exact that exact thing happened to me it's like I started painting these paintings and like people that I um, look up to like cake was like that's the best thing you've ever painted and stuff like that and it's like all right I can deal with this <laughs> yeah I think that that takes your work to a new level when you're so. oh my gosh I found I found myself and my niche and yeah. what I want to do and you get so passionate about it it shows in your work it shows in the quality and other people see I think that so. obviously it's, they, it's really awesome they definitely see that like more than they did before yeah you know? and it's yeah. like it's hard to get there but it, once you get there it's definitely worth it and i think yeah. a lot of times those paintings that i still have that i didn't sell like i think at the time i was like trying to be an artist full-time where like so that was frustrating to me but now it's not so frustrating now i look at it as i was painting it for myself yeah but i didn't realize i was painting it for myself does that make right. sense yeah you know? totally totally because yeah. well, everybody's like oh you need to paint it for yourself and you'll feel happier it'll make you feel better and i think that's exactly what i was doing i just didn't think about it that way at the time yeah absolutely yeah. i think even if you're trying you know if you're working full-time in art if you're not creating some pieces for yourself that have just nothing to do with your business but just yeah. to create right you know no matter what your industry is because in the long run what that does is it keeps us from burning out yeah and it helps elevate our quality i think so yeah yeah absolutely. for sure um have you found that in your own art yes yeah. um you know i find too there have been some pivotal points in my life that have shifted my work okay it's not just a matter of oh, i created this for me and found my the, the specific look, you know, that I was right. hoping for or searching for. But I know when um, I first started dating my husband almost five years ago, um, my first piece that I was working on when we were dating was extremely accelerated from my work in the past. Interesting. Almost to the point where I felt like it looked <laughs> like it was from two different people. Yeah. And it, it was like in each piece after that was much more accelerated than the last in quality. And, um, you know, that was really interesting to me. Other people noticed it. Yeah. You know, right away. I love like, that. Oh I've always been making art or? No. No. <laughs> well, when I was a child, actually, I used to paint in acrylic. Um, we found my, my dad um, passed away, unfortunately, last year. And we were going through some belongings. And I was helping my mom get ready to move. Mm -hmm. And we had found my very first painting. Oh, wow. <laughs> So we, we realized that it was when I was eight years old uh -huh. and I have a distinct memory sitting on the back porch with my acrylic set painting. Oh, I remember wow. that. That's cool. But I did not continue painting through my childhood or my teenage years. I actually, I've always been creative. I've always been making things and, mm -hmm. and dabbling in things. But high school and, and college, I was actually doing um, photography. Oh, wow. Where'd you go to college then, in high school? Um, high school, I went to Avito High okay. here in Florida. 
Gotcha. And then um, college, my first two years was at uh, Seminole State, which gotcha. is the Seminole College. Yeah. And then I uh, moved on to healthcare after that and, and moved away for a little while. Gotcha. But, um, you know, I didn't start doodling until I was in college and I was just doodling at work one day and just some stuff came out that I had never realized I could do. It, trust me, it was total crap. But <laughs> at the time, it was much better than I thought yeah. I could accomplish. That's hilarious. And I took it home and I showed my mom and she's like, well, honey, you've always you know, been creative and able to do that. She said, you did that years ago. I don't know why you quit. Oh, wow. And I didn't remember that. And so I, I don't, I don't know what happened. So I honestly, that didn't spur um, any art at that time. What ended up happening is I went to college because uh, I was very interested in. Um, I looked at photography. I looked uh -huh. at design. I also, uh, my whole life growing up, I thought I was going to go to cosmetology school oh, wow. and and run my own salon because I always wanted to have my own business. Oh yeah. So I thought that's what I wanted to do, but I realized very quickly when I was looking at all these possible jobs and, and careers that, you know, back then social media was not what it is now. Yeah, It was just budding. And so yeah. opportunities were not there. So those kind of jobs, you worked for years. Oh yeah, for sure. With a non-supporting salary. Yeah. And I was gonna have to live at home and it was just like, no, I need to do something so I can support myself. Right. So I landed into dental hygiene, which is something, yeah, which is something that people are like, what? But I do have a big interest in health yeah. sciences. But while gotcha. I was there, I was doodling at one point, and the chairwoman of the dental department brought me in her office, and she said, "What are you doing here?" Yeah. <laughs> and um, so she said, "You know what?" She says, "Dental hygiene will give you a solid, stable career. Yeah. Go ahead and finish it out." But she said, you know, you can work part-time or full-time in it and you can do something else if you want. Said, you could even illustrate dental books. And I'm like, I don't want to draw teeth all dang day long. It's just not. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so I didn't think about it again, but I have always loved going to art shows. Like I'm the person that would have their their nose one inch from a painting to see yeah. how the brush strokes were directed and what colors they, I, I was fascinated wanting to know how these people did that because it was magic to me. Yeah, right. Never thinking that I could potentially give that a try. And it just got to the point where it's like, I want to try that. I want to try awesome. it because, you know, there's some stuff that I know is probably without my reach and there's some things that I think maybe I could do that. Yeah. So I asked for some art supplies one year at Christmas, and and that's what I got. And I was just playing around at first and, and having a great time. And then my whole entire goal became, I hope that I can create well enough one day that people would actually want to come to a show with my work in it. That that's was it. Awesome. That's awesome. That was it. There was no, you know, I'm going to have a job as an artist. I'm going to have a job as an educator. Nothing, right. nothing like that. Yeah. But for years, Jeff, my work was in a closet. Yeah. And I, I had someone very close to me that finally said, you know, somebody would pay for this. And again, my work is crap. <laughs> crap <laughs> but I got brave enough to put a piece on social media and it sold. That's cool. And I put another piece up and it sold. And six months after my first sale, I had my first and solo show. Oh, wow. And a month later, I got offered a second solo show. Where was that at? My first one was at Little Fish Huge Pond in downtown San Francisco. Oh, nice. That's yeah. cool. I was supposed to do one there in like 15, 16, something like that. Yeah, this was back when it was on First Street when Mo had it down there. Uh huh. And uh, before she relocated on Sanford Avenue. 
It was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. And the second one was uh, shortly thereafter at Cafe Da Vinci in Deland, Florida. Yeah. I love Cafe Da Vinci. Yeah. It's a yeah. good place. I grew up in Deland. I spent a lot of time it's down there. It's an awesome there. area. It's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I love it down there. Um, but that's really what ended up spurring me into, oh my gosh, I think I want to do this as a career. Yeah. So um, I you know, slowly just started doing more and I started teaching education and um, I've been doing that for quite a while now. That's interesting that you're teaching education, but you don't have a background in it. Like, it's it's cool because like you can you're you're good at it. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And it's like, it kind of like it is inspiring. It's like, do you really like? I don't know. Like, with this thing, the podcast thing, it's like, do I really know what I'm doing? You know what I mean? Like. Because I don't have much of, like, a background in, um, I guess, like, radio. Because podcasting is kind of like radio. I do have a lot in recording and music and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know. It's, like... Imposter I'm, syndrome. It is. It is. Yeah. So, like... Someone told me something recently because I struggled with that a lot. Because I'm, like, who am I to teach this? And she <laughs> told me, she's, like, Becca, you only need to be one step ahead of your audience. You have something like to that. share. You like have that. something to share that they don't know. So why would you not share that? Just because like you don't that. know everything doesn't mean that you don't know something that you can help someone with. I like and, that and, a lot. Yeah, it was like it shifted my perspective a bit because I, I do struggle with that a lot. It's like who's who wants to sit here and listen to me? You know, right. I'm not. I don't have a degree in this, and you know, but. I busted my tail studying and researching and experimenting and seeing right. what works, you know. And so I, I do have something to share. I, you know, I don't have to know everything right. to be able to help someone. I have. I know exactly what you're saying because I have. I have a little confession to make. When I got the job at Nassau, right, um, I went through a staffing agency, okay. and I had only been doing scenic for six months at that time. But uh -huh. I did a lot, and I learned a lot, and I, yeah. I, I knew how to do a lot of things because of my background in art. Right. I told the lady all these things that I did, and she's like, well, they're looking for at least two years. I'm going to tell them you have two years' experience because you've <laughs> done a lot and you know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you've done two years' worth of experience in six months. It's yeah, legit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, awesome. I got the job, but... I didn't last that long because it wasn't in the actual scenic department. It was in fiberglass. So okay, but I, I but just you wanted saw, to. You saw the value in in your knowledge. I think so, and and it's you know? someone needs to see the value in in you to like you, you know. Somebody saw the value in your art, so right, right, and that pushed you. So. Yeah, exactly. I've been very lucky to have been very encouraged by my followers and my community because I think that it's really tough out there. There's a yeah. lot of criticism. Um, I think that people living behind their screens seems to give them a license to say whatever they want, how right. cruelly they want. But, but yeah, I've seen where people's criti online criticisms and cruelty have literally stopped people from creating. Yes, yes. And that is so wrong. Yeah. And, and it's it's just our human psyche to internalize one negative comment right. versus the 99 other positive comments that we get. 
Right. We'll just sit and dwell on that one negative one. Yep. I, oh. I, I hate that we do that to ourselves, but um, I've been very lucky to have had and still have a very supportive following um, that seems to appreciate what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do for other That's people. So and I really feel that if you give, uh-huh. just if, you know, you get back what you give. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I just think that whether you're educating or not, whatever your creative business is, if you come from a place of service and really wanting to put something positive into the world mm-hmm. and just be a kind person, people see that and you oh, get yeah. back what you give. Yeah, Absolutely. For sure. We talked about how we put ourselves into it. And once we put ourselves into it, I feel like you have a style that people recognize. And I think you have a style that people that I recognize for sure. Like Whenever you post, that. yeah. Whenever you post a new piece, I'm, and I'm just scrolling, I don't even see the name sometimes, but I'll see the picture, and it's like, oh, Becca's got a new piece. So. That's what everyone says, and I think I'm, I think I'm very lucky that way because yeah. I think a lot of artists work forever just to try to get to that point where they have yes. a distinctive look that can be recognized without having their signature there. And um, I, I've been told many times that all of my characters look like me. Oh, wow, that's funny. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I agree with that, but I've, I've literally had people come up to me, they're like, I'm gonna own a little Becca one day. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so they, they, a lot of people think that they're each little versions of me. And I'm sure that they are in some way. I mean, oh yeah, in some way they are. We put ourselves into our art, yeah. so. Right. Um, but it's definitely evolved over the past few years, definitely. Um, and I hope that just continues evolving. And you paint in acrylic? Actually, it's mixed media. Oh, yeah? I started off in acrylic, but when you get really close, it's it's funny because when people see my work in person, they're like, oh my God, how did you do that? I actually do the care, because mine is uh, pop surrealism, uh, you know, fantasy based work oftentimes, and I, I it's character based. And um, the girls are typically color pencil. Oh, okay. And I will put that on a wood substrate. Like right gotcha. now, I have a piece that I've been dying to finish. It's been going on forever, but it's a Marie Antoinette piece. And so her face and her body is all in color pencil, and it's on a wood substrate. And her hair has got uh, molding paste and things like that. There's a lot of texture. Oh, that's cool. I've literally um, made her the fabric of her dress three dimensional, so it comes right off the canvas. That's awesome. There's quartz crystal in it. I will use everything from um, alcohol inks, acrylic, color pencil. Um, it's a little bit of everything. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I realized when I got into mixed media that um, there are no rules. No. And I love that. Yeah, me too. And I got really inspired by uh, local artist Sherry Daco. And I have oh, I love her. Yes, and I have a couple of her originals, and one of them oh my gosh. is where she had the fabric, you know, coming three dimensionally yeah. off the character. And I'm like, I need to know how to do this. This is so amazing because right. I just so badly just want to reach out, and touch it. Yeah, you ever <laughs> um, been to? I think it's called Out. So it's Out Something Gallery in Winter Haven. It's uh, Trevor so. Manning. Trent Manning. Familiar. Trent Manning. He's um, he does like sculptures. They're really, they're really, really cool sculptures. And okay. I went to one of his shows there with Cherie and her husband and Cake and all those guys, and we had such a good time. Like, it, and I, I think, she, but is her name Cherie or Sherry? I don't know. 
Okay, I, I Sherry, so I'm making sure Sherry. I <laughs> I'm going to ask her. I'm going to mark the time. Sherry, you're free. Yeah. Which one are you? Tell us now. Call in. Call in, Sherry. Call in now. Call Sherry, in if you're, talk, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, work is amazing. And, yeah. and she calls a, a portion of her work bent, uh, bent realism, I think is what it is. What? And bent? It, bent realism I interesting think. yeah and, and that really describes it well but oh, yeah. that was so inspiring that's literally what you know inspired me to go into mixed media from straight up acrylic that's awesome um i've always been i didn't learn anything about in acrylic in high school we didn't they didn't teach us acrylic back then uh-huh i learned oil and that was pretty much it the rest of it Oil and drawing, and that was it, you know? But I was always doing mixed media stuff. I was always doing collages. Yeah. I was always adding stuff. Um, yeah. I was in AP like twice because I finished my, almost all my credits before my senior year. So like I had AP art in my junior year and in my senior year. <laughs> you know That's what I mean? Awesome. And like I, in the, the AP kids, there were only a few of them. Um, they had their own room in the in the classroom. It was like an offside type of thing. In that room was a an old copy machine, and I would take like things that shouldn't have been put through the copy machine. I would tape them <laughs> or or glue them to the copy paper and copy things onto them like uh, National Geographic pages. Uh -huh. I would take a page from National Ge Geographic and glue it to a copy paper and put it through the copy machine and it would like burn the copy paper, I mean the <laughs> National Geographic yeah. a little bit. Like I was always doing weird stuff like that. Like I, I, think, ha I think not having boundaries is like the best thing. Cause like yes. if you try to like, like pigeonhole yourself or just stick to one thing like yeah you can you can like have one thing that you're that's your specialty right. but i think like you have to always be evolving and always be experimenting because i don't know it's just i think it yeah, limits a lot of creativity yeah absolutely absolutely it's i love keeping tabs on artists over the years and watch how their work changes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a girl that goes by Danita Art. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she was very influential to me too with mixed media. And she used to do some techniques that are somewhat, somewhat similar to mine. She didn't do a lot of 3D stuff, but she did a lot of layering techniques with her mixed media. And she's more evolved into uh, watercolor now, but it's just oh, neat cool. when you can follow someone for years and you kind of see yeah. how their style and technique and, and you know watercolor is hard too it's really difficult I'm dabbling a little bit into it I guess, I guess it just depends like yeah. um, I, I want to work with that a little bit more but I just think there's something really cool about the free flow of it yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful it is in order to get like portrait <laughs> looks like um, oh. Plinio does you know Plinio mm -hmm. Pinto mm -hmm. his portraits know, they don't they don't look like watercolor, but they are. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you that's a really... Well, that's a kind of talent. Oh, yeah, because 
because starting out with watercolor you can you can easily just move some water and pigment around and yeah. get something cool and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but like once you realize what it takes to like paint something really detailed in that manner you don't I don't think it's I don't think you understand how hard that is. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's like it's like me with a colored pencil. People think that's acrylic. And I'll tell them, no, it's colored pencil. I blend it to where it looks flawless like paint. Yeah. And, and they're shocked. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool when you can take a medium and use it in unusual ways. That makes it your own. I like that. But yeah, like, I, I'd say it's illustrative and pops. I think the m subject matter is very pop surrealistic. Yes. And then the like execution is very illustrative and that's interesting. I like that. Like it's it's mixing Thanks. too. It's unique. You know what I mean? I, I'm def thank you. I, I'm definitely influenced by fairy tales and nursery rhymes and I love it. you know growing up with those books with all those amazing illustrations. Like um, Alice in Wonderland is one of my favorite stories and the artwork <clears throat> from it is just that's very that's always been very influential oh it's i love it yeah absolutely so i would i would say you're probably dead on with that do you remember <laughs> the old winnie the pooh books yep i have i have a really? whole collection of yes <clears throat> with all the original illustrations yeah those I illustrations were amazing what was the yeah. artist's name i can't remember um i'll have to grab the book and, and see I, that's terrible no. I should know that that's all good not with us we should know that <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> but yeah I love um, I, I'm not a fan of the Disney-fied um, fairy tales Same and here. stories I like the classic Winnie the Pooh illustrations the classic Alice in Wonderland illustrations yeah um, it's just something just raw and organic about it I and, think so um, I, it's, those kind of things definitely influence my artwork Absolutely. that's awesome what about your photography um, meaning what influences that? Yeah. Well, when I did it in high school and college, <clears throat> the thing that I was not interested in is doing the Southern Bell type of wedding <laughs> photography. And that okay. was kind of all there was back then. Yeah. And I remember in high school, there was a girl that was developing his photo and there were these two guys with mohawks in it. <laughs> and I was like, I want to photograph that. Right. That's awesome. And that was not a thing then. That was very, you know, there, there, there wasn't anyone to sell to with that stuff back then. That's cool. And I think now with the fact that we have so many amazing platforms to market ourselves for free, like social media yeah. and word of mouth and the fact that I have, for you know, bright green emerald hair <laughs> and black hair and no one bats an eye too much anymore. I mean, there's some place yeah. you'll go and bat an eye, but like just to, to be able to be creative in your look okay. is much more accepted now. Yeah. And, and even with that acceptance, you're not finding um, many companies that service that population. I gotcha. So when I got married a couple years ago to my husband, I really struggled to find a photographer that I felt could understand me and uh -huh. our look and what I was going for. And it just, it wasn't out there. And um, we ended up with a very sweet girl, but it, it, 
it was frustrating and it was at that time where I was like you know I have been thinking about going back into photography for a long while I was like you know that that's a niche that's not served I gotcha and no one else is doing that at right. least not here, not here in the states where someone's full-on offering alternative photography in the UK it's everywhere Right. It's pretty amazing, but here we're always a couple years behind with styles and trends uh, than over there. But I just felt like, you know, I want to serve those people. Right. I right. would love to be able to do portrait photography for people. Not, not it's not just about aesthetics either. It's just about you know extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yeah, you're right. People you're right. that feel that they're not being, you know, people that may not feel that they they're being seen and heard. Right. And so that's that's what I'm branching off into. Um, it's you know photography has always been a love for my of mine, um, and I'm taking a lot of time right now to invest in education because it's you know when I did photography forever ago it was in film there were no right. digital aspects to those yep. cameras this is a whole new thing. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm spending a lot of time right now investing in education for that, um, but ultimately that's that's what I want to do. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm like excited that. about it, and I like and I still, you know, and one of the reasons why I decided that is not just because I've always had an interest in it and talked about it for years, but um, I have discovered for me that mm -hmm. my art is very emotionally based. Okay. And um, especially last year, I just had a really tough year personally, yeah. and my art production over the past few years has slowed down and slowed down and slowed down, and you cannot make money as an artist if you're not producing regularly. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And not to say that I'm quitting. All right. You're not quitting art. But yeah, to, you know, not to say that I'm quitting art. I'm absolutely not quitting my art. Yeah. But I'm finding that, you know, for me to have a sustainable business, that's not working for me currently in the season in my life. Yes. And photography works with a completely different aspect of my brain that stress and, you know, emotional issues don't affect. Gotcha. I can step out there and shoot and come home and edit all night, not a problem. Right. But the art, you know, sometimes I'll go in there and I'm itching to do it. I'm yes. itching to paint and I cannot get myself to do it. Oh wow. And so with that, I've just had to make some hard decisions for myself because I want to keep teaching, you know, marketing and, and education for creatives. And right. I want to have a sustainable business where I am creating. And this is something else that I love. And it's just it's just mainly a pivot. Gotcha. So I'm still going to be making art. It will come when it comes. Yeah. But that's not going to be the sole source of my income. Gotcha. Same here. Same and eventually, here. to be honest, I would love to scale further into education because I think it's such a needed thing. Yeah, I think it so too. so needed. Education um, comes up on this podcast so much. It's really? crazy. Yeah. It, awesome. Like that just shows how important it is. It's really, really important. And a lot well, of, a lot of people like, just think that it's something that is supposed to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's more than that. It's something that needs to happen, especially right. creative education. Yes. Because you know? the problem is you're either going to sit there and try to figure things out on your own for years. <laughs> yes. Through trial and error for years. That's me. Why would you do that if you can invest in a course, right. in a mentor, in joining a Facebook group like mine where there is tons of free education? Right. 
why not do that and get yourself ahead of the game? That's why, that's why I'm seeing other creatives that, um, and photographers too, that within just a few short years, they have these massive successful businesses. Mm -hmm. And when I've asked them, what have you done in such a short period of time to get to this point? Their answer is always, I invested in education. Yeah. I've, I've talked to people that I really care about about this, you know, people that have gone through education and they feel like they didn't get anything out of it, like furthering their education and they feel like they didn't get much out of it. They're not using it. And it's not like they're trying to talk you out of it. It's like they're, they're just warning you, like it might not work out for you. And my answer is always, but I'll have more opportunities (laughs) than I do right now. Like right I now, think, I don't have any of those opportunities, but. Yeah, I think too, like some people, like for me, there have been times where I'm like, I say to myself, I wasted so many years being a dental hygienist when I should have been following my heart and been in creativity. While that may partially be so, the experiences that I had yeah. for years working with different personality types, diffusing situations where people were very stressed learning how um, you know to help educate someone about things that they need to be- absolutely plays a role in what I do now. Oh yeah, for sure. Like with with going into the scenic stuff, like all of the things that I learned in my years of retail, same thing. Like yeah. I used all that stuff in that the problem solving and yes like problem solving was 90 percent of what i was doing yes in scenic like you learn the tools you learn the craft but like problem solving is where you implement those things you know what i mean it's like it's like we we did these we did these the boats out at um animal kingdom the river of lights show Mm -hmm. we did the floors of the boats we use this stuff called polygem we did it at the shop we brought it they installed it and then we went out there and touched them up like and they were kind of green no they were kind of red they were, they were more on the red side than um they wanted right and my 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 boss at the time was like he's like man they're really red and I was like well take some of this green water it down and wash it with the green and he's yeah. like oh yeah duh he's <laughs> like I need to I need to go back to color theory <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, yeah. it's like you learn those things and then you can implement them on the fly when there's an issue yeah. and it, yeah. it, it fixed it it looked like wood after we were done you know what I mean it was yeah. just like perfect it like, ends up just being a natural instinct to utilize that knowledge that you have without even thinking twice yeah, about it. Exactly. Yeah, like you it, know think, for a fact that it's going to work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it, like, especially in something like that where it's like time is of the eff- essence. Like they, they want to get, they want you to get this stuff done because they have a show to do. Right. <laughs> you know what right? I mean? Like, yeah. Like it's it's crazy, but you have to be able to do that stuff. Right. And you use the things that you learn. You use the education. Yeah, like, absolutely. Probably every day. You yeah. don't you don't think about it, but you do. You use it every day. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I mean, in our lives, our education. I mean, every aspect that we go through and experience is education. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And and that just that there's never time I believe that's truly wasted. No, nah, me either. Me either. Um, so what do you have coming up other than, you know, healing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, healing is the number one thing on yeah, my agenda. If right. that was going on right now, I'd be doing photo shoots. But I actually have some models already lined up, and we're uh, getting ready to do some photo shoots. We're hoping by the end of next month oh, cool. um, so I can create some marketing materials for the, the photo company. Um, I am uh, this year just kind of being a little more intentional about the educational content for my group. I'm going to be niching that down a little further probably in That's the future. Great. And focusing on, um, you know, trying to make some impactful products and services, and not just do, you know, because I do a lot of live trainings, which I think are really helpful in there. But uh, maybe some course creation might be That's coming cool. up in the future, um, and some other products and services that people can actually purchase that will help give them the next level up from what I teach in the Facebook group. Because there's a lot of great free tangible information. Yeah. But, um, you know, I really think the the magic happens when I can just share everything. With, That's great. With people, so. I, I, I'm going to school for recording and I find I do get more out of the instructor-led stuff. You know? Yes. I really yeah. do. And I think, I think most of the kids in class are like that. It's yes. like... Um, I don't know. A lot of times it gets lost <laughs> because yeah. we get lost in discussions and things like that. And then it's like, oh, I taught you, you know, how to do this. Now do it. And most of the time we'll come back and be like, can we go over that again? Can you show us how you yeah. did that again? And it, it's super helpful whenever that happens. That's uh, why I love doing one-on-one -on -one mentor sessions with mm -hmm. my creatives because I can really help them get clarity on what they need help with and help work with them to be more successful That's than they great. can be just from maybe, you know, a Facebook Live or even a course. Like I recently just did a photography uh, business and branding, it's like a mini mastermind retreat. And yeah. I just feel that when you're doing in-person workshops or masterminds or retreats that there's so much more that propels you forward yes. than even an online course. Now, online courses are important too. You can learn so much, but when you're surrounded by other people in that element, yeah, and you have the instructor that you can, you know, talk back and forth with to ask questions, there's just so much more yeah. that happens, and you Absolutely. come back with a renewed sense of self with yourself and your business. And um, I tend to find that I can jump huge hurdles after something like that versus just a course that might help me a little bit that's awesome that reminds me of something i was going to ask you earlier when we were talking about like i guess mediums maybe? Uh -huh. i can't remember my window my door is open because it's nice outside i don't have the <laughs> yeah. air conditioner on and the the bus just dropped the kids off <laughs> that's funny you can hear it in the background i was like what's that noise oh yeah but um it reminded me of something that we were when we were talking about mediums and stuff where like today there's there's like more digital stuff than there's ever been and oh a lot God. of and a lot of artists frown on using those tools they look at it as a shortcut or as like a you're cheating or whatever 
And my my thought about it is I think that we sh- we should embrace those things. I mm-hmm. because that's where we're at right now in history. <laughs> Does that make sense? Well, it's like you make the most of it. It's kind of like saying this is what what this generation was able to do with these new things. Yeah. Where like every every generation has had that thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like Yeah. Well, I'll be honest, for me, like as as far as we're talking about like artwork. Yeah. I am not a fan of digital. I like organic pieces that have texture to it that I can put on my right. wall. Like that's my personal preference. I gotcha. But there's not not anyone can can do digital work. That's uh, right. I that's can't. Like, oh, my five year old can do that. No, they there's cannot. no way I could do that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no. no way. But you have to look at how many movies are coming out that everyone's going to yeah that are digitally animated like digital is what's going on right now yeah and it's like it's almost like a signature you know what i mean like like it's like this is the digital era type of thing where like before you had the i don't know I, i don't even i can't even think of like another like idea for it like the renaissance it was all oil painting right because there was no acrylic Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, everything kind of has its thing. And I and think... Like even acrylic, you know, a lot of people snub their noses at it for a long time. And now it's just, it, there's so many people that are using it and putting yeah. the oil behind it. It's like, I think there's a time for everything. I think there is too. And I think that it's, I think you're, I think a lot of people are missing the point when... Are we going? Okay. I'm going to write down the time real quick. Okay. So I remember the, it's like one of those um, things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like a lot of times, a lot of times it's like, I don't know. It's like you have to look at it and be like, look at what they were doing with what they had back then. Right. Right. You know, Absolutely. I think we need to embrace that stuff. Like I'm agreed. Most of the kit. Okay. I would say, all of the kids except for maybe three have ever plugged in an actual instrument in my class really yeah me there's this one guy who's a drummer and i think there's this other kid who has like keyboards and stuff the rest of them do it all in their in their laptops wow and a lot of times people frown on that a lot of people that don't use laptops will look at it and be like Oh, they're not really making music, but they are mm-hmm. <laughs> making music. And like, who are you to s- tell them? Like, you can't do what they're doing, so let them have their time. It's the same thing. It's just thing. A, a different tool. To Absolutely. With. Yeah. And whether you like it or not doesn't matter. You uh-huh. still need to respect the fact that that's creativity, even yep. if it's not your preferred method right um you know in i i forget what the museum is but it's a museum of african-american history there is a sampler in that museum because of what this one guy jay dilla did with that sampler and it's a digital piece of equipment you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. 
but what he did with it to shape hip-hop music and R&B music and everything that you hear today, it was super important. Yeah. That does not have strings. Right. <laughs> you know, right. you don't you don't hit it with a stick. It's not an or it's not an acoustic instrument. It's a digital instrument and it's in oh. the museum because it's it was important for that time. Yeah. You know? I think that we as humans do not gravitate towards change. No. No. <laughs> not at all. We will fight it tooth and nail and, and that's why like for me like when we're talking about digital artwork, it's not my personal preference. It's not what I'm looking to put onto my wall. Yeah. But it should be respected as an art form. Oh yeah, I think so too. You know, and I think that's just the thing. Like we just we don't like to see things change, and we want to stick with what we know and what we're used to because we're comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah. But if we're gonna sit and stay comfortable our, our whole lives, we're not gonna evolve as nah. people. But you and I um, are in that that sweet spot of going into digital growing up without it but yeah. learning about it slowly and then getting into it and yeah. i think that benefits us and i think I, I i don't i don't like to like try to put like um it's your job or whatever on this but like i think what you're doing and what i'm doing and millions of people like us are doing right now is important because we're taking all of our knowledge all of our like everything we've learned and turning it into this thing and I think it's a great thing you know I think it's it's almost like meant to be type of thing yes we have like as if we have or that we do have a purpose you know what I mean uh, Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know how people say that my they feel like their purpose for being here is to do this or to do that. Yeah. Like it's your calling kind of thing. I yeah. It's a yeah. calling for sure, I think. Yeah. There's there I think it's yeah, you're right. I think, and I it's think a it calling. has a lot to do with our personality types mm -hmm. and to understand what they are and understand with that where we thrive and right. you know, to avoid the places that we don't. You know, for me, I'm, I'm a helper personality, and I, you know, I've said this before, um, I will never stop creating. I, I can't. Yeah. That's who I am. And art and creativity, photography, all. Yeah, they're definitely important. They're important because it shapes our culture and our communities. Yeah. It's yeah. important. But if I were to sit here and do art all day and photography all day, that would not be enough for me personally. I got because you. For me to help impact other people's lives is what is the most meaningful work for me. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I've, okay. I I met this young girl when I was painting at um um what's that place called? Local Articles. Yeah. And she's like she was like 14 years old going through a lot of stuff and but she followed me on Instagram before mm -hmm. she even came in she was just there and yeah. she bought a print it was just like you could tell that it meant something to her meeting someone that she followed on instagram yes and like instagram would not have made that happen if yes. instagram wasn't here you know so yeah. it's like i don't know it's it's cool that we have this medium it's cool that 
Um, it's the the availability is amazing. Like Absolutely. we're talking through Facebook right now, and it's right. free. All we have to pay right. for is the internet connection. Right. You know, it's people, amazing. People love to complain about algorithms and, and complain that, you know, Instagram is taking my business away and we have no right <laughs> to complain about a free platform that gives us opportunity. Yeah. What we have to do is we have to take responsibility yep. for the growth that we get to have because of these free platforms and, and do something with it, like put it on a, a, an email list. Yeah. You know, I've sold a lot more art through Facebook and Instagram than I have on a wall in a in a yes. in a brick and mortar place. Yes, because that's where people see you on a regular basis. Because oftentimes when people see you once, they're not going to buy from you. But if they see you again and again, and you become part of what they expect and look forward to online, yeah, then they're going to be more apt to eventually buying from right. you. Right, that makes you know, but sense. Just, but you're right. We just have such great opportunities to market ourselves now that we didn't have not that long ago and you know I definitely think we need to embrace that and, and try not to to be negative when new algorithms and things like that give us challenges we just have to pivot yeah we have to understand that there's nothing that that stays static we have to be willing to pivot because it is such a neat opportunity to connect with people and like you said meet someone who's followed you before and 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 to see their face when you know it means mm -hmm. something to them because of of you and what you've created. Right. That is amazing. It is amazing. And yeah. Like I don't know, I never thought that would happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? But it wouldn't have happened and it wouldn't have made a difference in either of our lives if if Instagram didn't exist. Right. You know? Right. And I I talk a lot about that on the podcast because a lot of that is the reason I started the podcast because when you go to an art show or you're online you only have a little bit of time with that person with that artist the person that created it right. where I'm able to talk to you for an hour and a half or an hour and a couple minutes and really let people know what you're about where yeah. a lot of it they wouldn't get out of a chance me at an art gallery right. and that's why that's why I'm doing this for artists you know what I mean and everybody else it's hard to talk to people when you're in that situation I know a lot of artists that get anxiety talking to people at those galleries oh yeah and, most of us are introverts yeah so it's like, right it's like we're trying to take our, our fingernails off one by one. Oh yeah for sure <laughs> For sure. You know, it's it's tough. So, yeah. yeah. I, I never like thought of my... I, I always thought of myself as an introvert, and I don't think I am. <laughs> oh, I totally am. I mean, I um, I will get up in front of 50-plus people to speak at a workshop, and I'm breaking out in hives every time. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm getting better at it. That's good. But, uh, you know, like, once I get going, if you mm. know, get me on a topic that I love, you know, not a problem. I'll, I'll talk all day. There you go. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go home and collapse for the next 24 hours. Did you hours have to do after. anything like that during the retreat? <laughs> the retreat that I went to, um, it was hosted by photographer Brittany Bruce. She's oh, okay. amazing, and she's a photographer and educator. And at the retreat, um, I, it was, uh, I think, 19 of us total who had never met in real life. That's cool. We met online. 
So for me, those things are tough. Those are tough. And, and everyone was rooming together. Now, because of my injuries, they were kind enough to give me a room on the first floor. I actually had my own bedroom and bathroom. That's and good. so um, it, I was it's very nice of them. As, as much as I know it's important to engage with others, even if it's uh, difficult for you, I, for me, I was like, I'm okay with this. Just to have, because I need to recharge. It's just the personality type I got that you. I am. But, um, but there was a lot of us, yes, having to converse with one another in group discussions, and Brittany was leading a lot of the education. And um, yeah, that's tough. That's mm. tough. But that, that was not the same as me getting up and speaking in front of people. No, no, no. I've spoken in front of large groups before, and I mean, as you find, no one would ever guess. But yeah, total introvert. So I get what you, you're saying about when um, someone's at a busy art show and you have maybe two seconds to speak to an artist yeah. and, and they may be feeling nervous too, but it's so important to do your best just to, you know, put your best foot forward and, and try to reach out to people because as introverted as I am, mm -hmm. I make my, I have a lot of extroverted behaviors, but they're learned behaviors. I got you. And, and they're learned because I think if I didn't force myself to get out there and maybe go take a yoga class or get out there and, and go to an art show, I would never see a human in society. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. And it, it helps us to meet different people and, and learn about others. And it just makes you more of a well-rounded person. I think so. And I think, I think so. too, if, if you are creative and you have a business, you have got to learn to communicate with people. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, if they can't yeah. connect with you, they're not going to buy your, your work or your service yeah. that you're providing. I remember yeah. the first convention we did, this guy came up and he was like, he was like holding a book real close to himself. Like you could tell he was kind of anxious. And yeah. I was like, what's going on, man? And he's like, he was at my table and he's like, oh, nothing. And I was like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm just a little... There's too many people around here. And I was like, we're all friends, man. You don't have to worry about it. And he immediately yeah. opened up and was like, okay with yes. it, you know? And it's I'm, like. I've seen that happen so many times. I am someone who does not, I can't stand it if I see someone suffering in that way. Me either. Even if it's a little bit. So I'm always the one in the room that's going to go up to the person <laughs> and the party and they're not, they're just sitting in the corner. No one's talking to him. I'm going to be the one to run over to that person and be like, hey, and talk with them um, because yeah, it's it's hard for some of us, depending on your personality, to mm. to just make the effort to go to an event. Right. Absolutely. Can you imagine the effort that person made to come up to your table? Right. Yeah. And, and what if what if you weren't as kind as you were? What? How would that affect that person? Right. Right. You know. You never so, know. You never know, yeah. like what someone's going through, or exactly. until you try to talk to them you can't just look right. at someone and think that because they're like that there's something wrong with them or like yeah you never know man right and, and you can change someone's day just by an act of kindness or your attitude oh yeah yeah like, for you sure know, sometimes i've just found that you know you can go to the grocery store and, and your cashier might be super grumpy and I and, and sometimes just because of the way that I look, people are a little bit hesitant about me because mm. they're like, okay, is she like mean or because <laughs> <laughs> she dresses a little a little wacky. Um, so I always just try to push the kindness part of my personality to people because um, you know you just don't know what people are going through and what they may be silently suffering yeah. with. Right. 
And and if you can just put a smile on your face uh-huh. and and just be friendly, it's it's sad. It's very sad to me to see someone get shocked. Like you could tell on their face that they were surprised that I was kind to them. Hmm. We should not live in a world like no. that. No. You know, and uh, but you're right. You know, you, you don't know what someone's going through, and um, if you can just extend a little kindness to someone, you can change their day, maybe their life. You don't know. You never know. And yeah. you could change someone else's just through changing theirs. <laughs> right. You know? Exactly. So, exactly. Um, so do you have anything coming up that you would like to promote other than healing? <laughs> Models together for a photo shoot? Are you doing anything yeah, with I'm, those I'm photos? To, or? Yeah, I'm ready to do that. And I'll get my marketing materials ready to go. And then I'm going to be open for shooting. So I'm going to yeah. be uh, focusing long term. I want to focus on most likely elopements and intimate weddings for the alternative scene. Um, I just really like the intimate special moments versus being so focused on having a huge party for Love everybody it. else. So I I really think I would enjoy uh, elopements and intimate weddings and also um, just some mini sessions. I love mini sessions because um, they're short and, and mm. they're brief and um, they're cost effective for clients, but they're usually 20 to 30 minutes a piece and, and you can meet a lot of people and um, from all over, you know, and it's just, yeah. It's a lot of lot of fun, and you can go to different locations, and, and I love that too. Yeah. But as far as like things like weddings and stuff, I think I'm definitely going to be doing elopements and intimate weddings. That's what the idea for that came from um, my wedding to my husband because we actually eloped at Castle Otis in St. Augustine, and we I know exactly where that is. Yeah, it's it's an amazing place, yep. and we didn't tell anyone but our parents. We kept it hush hush. Oh, that's and cool. It was awesome. So I didn't even it, know you were like dating someone until you got married. <laughs> I I, um, I talk a lot about Mr. B now, but I've always been kind of a private person. Yeah. I'm trying to get better about sharing things about myself with my gotcha. audience. But, but yeah, back back years ago, I was pretty quiet about personal relationships. But we've been together. It'll be five years coming up. Um, we got married about two and a half years ago, but yeah, we we eloped, and it was such an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I that's what made me think that you know I would like to photograph these special moments for people too. Right, that's so, cool. But yeah, and, but so it's all everything's depending on on my healing, unfortunately, right now. Yeah, <laughs> I got yeah. a recovery How's, from a broken ankle and surgery, broken thumb. I had shoulder surgery last year, so just lots of unexpected things. How's the How's the ankle? It's okay. I am walking as of uh, two or three weeks ago, which That's is awesome. Good. But when I say walking, um, it's, you know, of course, there's quite a limp there. We're trying to work on that. Yeah. And um, uh, like today, I, I got on the treadmill at therapy for uh, maybe 10 minutes at just over a mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Moving. Things. Yeah, yeah, the little things yeah. for sure. When you used to run at like six and a half miles an hour, it is, it's yeah. a little frustrating. But it's, um, I was told, Last, I think last week that it can take up to a year oh, wow. for for improvement to keep continuing yeah. after that kind of a it, I, I broke both leg bones at the ankle sometime. That's crazy. Yeah, but that's in the a, meantime, that's a crazy story. It is. It is. Um, do you want me to share that with everybody? Sure. We can talk about <laughs> I'll it. Try to make it I'll try to make it brief. But we were hiking in the mountains in northeast Tennessee, and we were on a five and a half mile round trip um, hike. 
And um, when we got to the uh, waterfall that was there, we were almost three miles in. And I, it was a rough hike, but when I got there, I was on level terrain. There was some mm. river rock, and there was a damp rock in front of me. And I stepped forward. I had my camera in my hands, and I put all my weight on that foot, you know, let up off the right, and I slid. It's, it just slid, and my ankle rolled. Ow. And I felt, it, I felt it break right there. So I had a 15-hour rescue operation. My husband's here. Can we pause for a second? Sure. Come on. So you ready? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up having to drag my body almost, I think it was at least half a mile from what my husband said, um, to be able to get to the ATVs because um, the terrain, I mean, where I broke my ankle, we had to go straight up to get up to the um, trail that we were on. And it was just, it was a hot mess. That's so, crazy. Yeah, it was it was hard on my body to do. I did a lot of tricep push-ups to get over rocks and things. And um, I, I couldn't stand up for three days. My husband That's had to help wild. me anytime I needed to get out of a chair, and it, it was awful. So, um, you know, just such a simple thing, just rolling your ankle to cause such yeah. a huge, <laughs> huge situation and huge recovery. But um, so in the meantime, like I'm going to be working on uh, brainstorming some projects for the Marketing Your Creative Business Facebook group that I have yeah. and to help them with their marketing. So uh, there's probably towards the end of the year going to be a lot of new things coming out. Oh, that's great. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad to hear about it. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, yeah, I think we covered a lot and I think we... Good. Yeah. I, I think we covered everything I wanted to talk about. Great. Which is good. So <laughs> that's awesome. Technical difficulties over here. That's all right. I'm definitely. We had to do this project, um, building our own studio, in class. So we had to like list everything we were gonna, um, what the studio was for, all the equipment, everything, like the shape of the room, all of that, and I would love that. And I was like. I was like, you know, I need to get a different computer just for recording. So I'm looking, I'm looking online. I'm not going to get like a new one because the industry standard is a Mac. And yeah. the Mac, the new Mac Pro starts at $5,000. Which MacBook Pro do you need that starts at $5,000? No, it's not a MacBook. It's a, it's a tower. Oh, God. Well, just yeah. the, I got a MacBook Pro last year and I had had iMacs before that. This is actually my first laptop. I was mad, so mad about how much they wanted for this friggin' laptop. Yeah. But for photography especially, and yeah. you don't have to worry about the color calibration with these things. Nope. So I, I feel your pain. Not as much of a pain as five grand. But yeah. Well, <laughs> but well the older Mac Pro, they do the job, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. I'm looking at those. They're like a few hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's it'll do the job. Like yeah. I would only use it for this for recording. Yeah. So that's not a bad investment. No, nah, I don't think so at all. So we have like the full crazy new Mac Pros. They're like fully loaded. They're like fifty grand, and that's that's for wow. like that's that's for like Pixar. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like people, yeah. companies like Pixar are going to use those. Like yeah. big recording studios are going to use those. So yeah, it, it makes sense because we were talking about that yesterday. 
we we have nothing but Mac in our school. Mm-hmm. We have every student has an iMac on their desk. Every student there's one student who has a PC computer, like her own personal, but all the yeah. rest of them are using MacBooks, right? Yeah. And even even with all that, sometimes the stuff glitches. Sure. And we were talking about it yesterday and I was like, "Well, the new iMac you can get one terabyte of ram on it like ram yeah (laughs) not not hard drive space ram i was like you will never have to worry about that (laughs) ever again with that much ram so i can see the i can see the draw for it i can see why somebody would want a computer like that especially Mm -hmm. today with everything being digital Absolutely. Yeah, I watch a lot of videos about music production, and a lot of them are like, I hate it, but it, you need it. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah, my, my husband uh, was a graphic designer for that. He's a PC guy. He, That's he's, funny. Yeah, we're totally opposite on, on that, but. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, it was great talking to you. You too. Thanks like so much for having me. Yeah, of course. It's we'll been have to do it again in the future. You've been on the list. I have a Thank list. Thank you. Well, yeah. I appreciate that so much. You're welcome. All right. All right. We'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Tell me when this this airs so I can go ahead and, and uh, advertise for you. I will. I'm gonna have to do some editing with all these little <laughs> breaks. School so. buses. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all right, man. Have a great day. I'll <laughs> you talk too. To you soon. Bye. Bye. Please to close our broadcast activity for tonight.